Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Flower, back with another On the Water with Dustin White. How you doing, Dustin? Marvin, I'm doing really well. Finally uh, enjoying some sunshine here in uh, central Wyoming, which is a change of pace from what we've had. How are you? I'm getting there, so it's no longer the three plagues of Egypt. No. Yeah, we're, we're through all of that. Um, I think we're out of feeling like we're in the Pacific Northwest and things are uh, back to seemingly normal here. So very grateful for all that. Yeah, but you got your uh, you got your frog and your lotus patterns really dialed in, right? <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. The river's already turned to blood. Thankfully, it's cleared out. So uh, we're, we're ready to go. <laughs> so, uh, so it's interesting, right? You're kind of starting to dry out, but I also looked at your weather and you're cooling off. What are you seeing on the water? Yeah, so uh, we're cooling off a bit uh, with uh, with uh, the warmer temps that we had uh, been experiencing. Um, it kind of triggered our PMDs um, coming off. Uh, and so even with the uh, minor cooling off, um, water temps are still conducive um, for PMD to be seen on uh, most drainages that we're fishing. Uh, we're starting to see some yellow sallies in the afternoon. Um, and so all that's just indicative of summertime being here. And and uh, on the mile, bug-wise, we're, you know, we're finally starting to see our friends, the golden stoneflies. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're really amped. Uh, that golden hatch is uh, right around the corner. Yeah. And as we were talking before we started recording, like literally no joke, don't go fish the bighorn. No. Yeah. It's not safe. Uh, Hot Springs County uh, issued, uh, you know, a public service announcement warning mandates, uh, whatever you would want to call it, but basically telling folks uh, stay away from the river. Don't go near it. Don't let your pets near it. Um, it's, it's, it's unsafe to be, uh, even near the river, uh, much less on it now. And so it's cranking above 8,000 CFS. And so uh, folks that are familiar with the horn, uh, here, if you if you hear that number and you think we misspoke, we we did not. That is, uh, that's where it's at. So it's it's uh, cranking pretty good. I'm pretty sure the stretch in Fort Smith, uh, it's like over 18,000. So, I mean, uh, the whole river system there is, is, is pretty, uh, pretty saturated with water and, and a lot of it moving through it. So it's, uh, it's just not even an option, um, out of safety, uh, much less, um, you know, fishability. Yeah. And so the good news is you get to save the gas money and you get to fish a little bit closer to town. We do, we do. Yeah. We've been uh, spending a lot of time on the mile and, and, and then, the obviously the gray reef uh, with the respite from rain that we've had we've been finally able to start uh peaking a little bit lower than government bridge uh, fishing some lower sections um and so we're really really grateful for that reef is a bit mossy now so uh, the further down you go um <clears throat> the, the more moss you'll have to be cleaning off your flies but it's it's fishing remarkably well i think that's about as good as as you could uh, expect for this time of year. Um, mile is, uh, you know, a bit spotty at times. You'll find fish eager uh, to eat uh, with reckless abandon in, in several runs. You drop down a run or two lower and it seems like it's crickets. Uh, a lot of that has to do, uh, I believe, with the fact that uh, they bumped at uh, 1,000 CFS just a few days ago. So they kind of haven't settled into where their typical feeding patterns are. But in a day or two, uh, that should level off and we should be back to some pretty solid mile fishing. And as I said a bit ago, uh, we're starting to see some goldens. Uh, and so that means uh, that the golden stonefly hatch uh, is, is just around the corner. 
And if folks haven't uh, got to experience that yet, it's it's a heck of a lot of fun. Um, really big fish crashing on the surface for some huge dry flies. Uh, it's 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 a ton of fun, and and we all uh, really look forward to this time of year every year for that. Yeah, that's awesome. And in case folks have been uh, been afraid that they haven't seen you around town, it's not because you're not there; it's because you got a new rig, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I was able to uh, get a, a Chevy Tahoe. The uh, the transmission on my pickup uh, finally gave up the ghost. Uh, so uh, I got a new guide rig, and it's it's uh, it's been treating me good so far. Yeah, we'll have to uh, upgrade the shock so you can keep catching air when you're driving out to the mile, right? <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, you you make better time, and it's better than the shocks if when you get that thing on plane. So well, we're still trying to dial in the Tahoe for, for how, how it takes to get that thing on plane. But, uh, I got the trim tabs installed and Jack plate and, you know, just, just messing with that now to make some alterations, but we're getting there. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe a couple bottles of nitrous and you'll be ready. <laughs> exactly. Vin Diesel's going to be rolling with me pretty soon here. There you go. We've got a really good question for you. You know, we've been teasing a lot of carp stuff and, uh, uh, yes. counter, yeah, counterculture fly reached out and he wanted to get your take on, how you change your casting location when you're fishing for carp based on the on the carp's body language? Yeah, well, so I think that's a great question. Um, generally speaking, we are because of carp's eyesight, we want to lead carp. Um, in, in in a lot of times, the the bare bones instruction I give my clients at the start of the day is, "Hey, this is going to change, but we're going to start with leading that carp by five feet." And what that means is I'm going to leave that carp by five feet in front of it, but also five feet beyond it. That changes and the casting location, all of that changes, as you said, based on the body language of carp. So if you see that tail up, up skyward and that face down in the ground, well, then what we're going to want to do is that window of leading that carp is going to shrink because I want to be able to strip or retrieve my pattern right in front of its face. If you have fish that are moving pretty fast, if they're if they're cruising with some intent, uh, first of all, that's you know probably not a fish that we're going to entice to eat uh, as easily as those that are kind of moving slower, like look like they're on the prowl. Um, oftentimes if, if, if I have carp that are moving pretty fast, uh, cruising along, uh, unless water temps are up and I can, I've actually seen them either a, uh, taking fly, you know, something off the surface or blitzing on bait fish, which we do see, I'm probably going to pass on that fish, but moving fish, the, the amount that you lead those fish that you lead the carp really determines, uh, is determined by this by the speed or the pace, the rate that the fish is moving. So faster moving fish, you're going to lead it by a bigger window. So that fly is intersecting uh, in front of its face as it comes uh, past you. Um, if that fish is stalled out moving slow, uh, you know, we can, um, you know, that window is going to shrink a bit. Um, obviously, they are spooky fish. So you really don't want to line them. Uh, you don't want to have uh, a, a kind of uh, forceful impact of our flies on the water. Um, so keep that in mind when we say oh, reduce, uh, you know, that window uh, or shrink that window. If, if you see them, uh, you know, uh, face down and, and tail up. Um, but ultimately we're looking for fish that 
um, are, are keen on eating. And there, and there's a few things with, with, with that. Um, you know, at times, you know, if, if, uh, if the question's coming from someone, uh, where there's fish coming up for, you know, uh, a mulberry hatch, uh, so to speak, um, you actually do want to kind of bop that fish, um, you know, almost on the head with those berries, you know, with that fly that's imitating those berries that they're, they're eating, uh, here in central Wyoming, we got the cottonseed hatch, uh, much of the same thing. Um, they're they're attracted to that. So it really does depend on what are they looking to eat, um, whether that's something on the surface or whether that's, you know, crustacean, leech, or um, some sort of aquatic insect that they're nosing for um, in the mud. Um, and then the, the pace that they're moving. So those, I think that's a great question. And hopefully those, uh, uh, those tips will, uh, yield some, some more hookups with, with cart. Yeah. And I guess if you're going to make a mistake, you should cast too far in front and too far uh, on the other side of the cart because you can kind of correct that on the retrieve, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, for, for a lot of times, you know, if you cast too far, you might need to strip real, real fast to kind of catch up. Um, but then you can start, you know, whatever the, the appropriate retrieval cadence, uh, that, uh, the fish in that particular moment, uh, dictates for you. So yeah, I'd rather overcorrect by shooting too far in front, too far beyond, and then be able to, to retrieve that back. It also depends on, you know, how your flies are weighted. Um, are you using, you know, purely floating line? Are you using, you know, uh, intermediate sink, um, depends on the depth that the fish you're at. Those kind of things are, are all, um, what go through my mind when I'm personally approaching carp or, or guiding a client onto them. Um, but, but really the name of the game is you want your retrieval, uh, in, in that, uh, whatever pattern that you're presenting for it to intersect the face, uh, intersect in front of, in front of the carp. You want to be able that their path and the path of that fly is going to intersect. They're probably not, you know, uh, this, and it's not universally true, but it's not like, um, you know, if you're streamer fishing for trout and you kind of get in the area and you're just retrieving, um, and eliciting a chase from them, it's probably not going to happen. Um, so you're really trying to almost, almost like a, you know, center fielder is trying to gauge the trajectory of a fly ball and that determines the path that they run for it. We're also trying to, to play with the actual, you know, geometry and physics of where, where is that fish moving? Um, yes. What is its body language? Is its face, you know, uh, looking down? Is it, is it, you know, suspended in the column? Is it looking up? Those all play a role uh, in that. But the name of the game is that you're trying to get that fly to intersect the path that that fish is on. Yeah, got it. And you know, folks, we love questions on the articulate fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media whatever is easiest for you. And if we use your question, I will send you some articulate fly swag or enter a drawing for a half a day of fishing with Dustin, which is pretty cool. Right, Dustin? Very, very cool. It's a, it's a good time. And there's plenty of water here in central Wyoming to, to show uh, folks around on. And then so really excited to uh, be able to offer that. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, before I let you hop this evening, you want to let folks know uh, how they can reach out to you and book you and get on your guidebook? Yep, proudly guiding for the Ugly Bug Crazy Rainbow Fly Fishing here in Casper, Wyoming. So you can give the shop a call at area code 307-234-6905. Or you can find me on social media 
at Dustin James White. Uh, well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Dustin. Tight lines, Marvin. Thanks so much.